I'm Kenny Longo, one of the pastors here at Grace, and it's my privilege to share a message with you today. Uh, first, I want to say Happy New Year to everybody, and then look at this cartoon, and tell me if that's how you felt when you turned the calendar to 2021. You were probably doing the happy dance, really happy to turn the calendar. I heard many people say to me, I can't wait for this year to be over, and I can't wait for things to get back to normal. And then, you know, I saw a Facebook, Facebook post that said, good riddance 2020. And, you know, it's understandable. It was a rough year, lots of uh, disappointment, loss, and hardship. But um, something disturbed me about that. I thought, um, you know, I don't think our hopes should be in the turn of a calendar page. And that instantly 2021 is going to fix everything. And I think as followers of Christ, we want to be setting our hopes on, well, we're, you know, we're excited about this vaccine, but then again, you know, we don't ultimately set our hopes back on, on the vaccine and the economy getting better. As God's people, we want to set our hopes on things above. So I thought we'd spend some time today talking about what are the things God wants us to set our hopes on, and then how do we fight to keep hope alive in our hearts, because it's a pretty hopeless time right now. So uh, that's what we're going to spend doing, uh, our time doing this morning, but let me pray for us first. Well, Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come now. I, I pray that you would speak through me, and you would give us all ears to hear the words you want us to hear. Speak to our hearts through your word and um, through my words this morning. We just give this time to you. We pray in your name. Amen. So, yeah, it's been a, a rough year, lots of loss and disappointment. Like, I think, you know, my own family, my daughter was going to study in Scotland this past fall. She was looking forward to that. And, of course, that was canceled, and she'll probably never get to do that. And my mom, who lives in a, an assisted living facility in Florida, spent the holidays alone. And all of you, if I were to ask you, you know, Tell me about something that didn't happen in 2020 that you were looking forward to. I'm sure you'd have lots of things you, you could share. Lots of loss, lots of disappointment. And things we were counting on that just didn't happen. It seemed like everything got canceled. So how did our hearts respond to, to those losses and disappointments? I think the way we want to respond as God's people is the way the prophet Habakkuk responded to the difficulties of his time. Now, the prophet Habakkuk prophesied around 600 BC and right before the fall of Jerusalem. So God was telling Habakkuk, I'm going to send the Babylonians and they're going to cart off Judah to uh, different uh, parts of the world because there was a lot of apostasy, a lot of uh, spiritual and moral decline in Judah and God was about to judge them. Habakkuk lived in a very uncertain uh, unstable time. But at the end of his book, he's got this wonderful profession of faith, which I'm sure you're familiar with, but it's um, good to remind her. It's just good for our own souls to see it. So let me read it to you. So in, in spite of all the uncertainty in his world, Habakkuk writes, even if the fig tree doesn't blossom and there's no fruit on the vines, if the yield of the olive fails and the fields produce no food, even if the flock disappears from the fold and there's no cattle in the stalls, yet I will exult in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. 
The Lord God is my strength, and he has made my feet like deer's feet, and he has made me walk on my high places. Well, that's a wonderful profession of faith that even though things aren't going the way I want them to, I'm going to rejoice in the Lord. The Lord God is my strength. And, and that's the way we want to respond. But I imagine there were times in 2020 when something didn't happen that you wanted to happen or something else got canceled or just a lot of, you know, the sickness, the death, just a lot of hard things. You might have um, complained against our government. Maybe you even complained against God and got angry at God or sad or depressed. And so I think some things like the pandemic in some ways revealed what's already in our hearts. Like maybe there's some divided allegiances there. We, We say we want God and we do want God in his will. But then when there's other things that we're setting our hopes on and they get taken away, do we quickly rebound to deep faith and confidence in God or do we start to murmur? And I think some, in some ways God has used the pandemic and the shutdowns and the hard, hardships to show us that our, our hopes have been misplaced. It's, there's nothing wrong in setting our hopes in the good things of this life, like vacations and graduation ceremonies and um, things like that. But when they're taken away from us, how do we respond? And does our heart quickly go back to just a deep confidence in God, or do we find ourselves... Um, getting depressed and sad. So um, I thought it would be good to spend some time looking in God's word, like what can we set our hopes on that's not going to disappoint us in 2021? And so we're going to look at a few of those things today. One of them is God's presence with us. Now, I know we all know that God is always with us, but um, it's good to remind ourselves that that's something that will never disappoint us. And we see in Hebrews 13, 5, and 6, there's, well, there's so many verses that talk about God's presence with us, but this is one of them. It says, make sure your character is free from the love of money, being content with what you have. For he himself has said, I'll never desert you, nor will I ever, well, I've never desert you, nor will I forsake you. So we say confidently, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. What will man do to me? So as believers of, and followers of Christ in whom the Holy Spirit dwells, God's presence is always with us. No matter what we went through in 2020, God was with us and promises always to be with us. Um, in fact, the last verse of Psalm 23 in the message version says, your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. So that's, you know, I would... It bothered me when people would say, when Christians would say, I can't wait for 2020 to be over. And I think, well, you know, if God's loving kindness is chasing after me every day of my life, I don't want to miss one day of my life. I don't want to wish any of my life away because God is always with me. And every day, his love is chasing after me. So that's one thing we set our hopes on, God's presence with us. Um, And another thing is, Sorry, that's a question for the online service. Um, uh, And we don't have time to do questions this morning. The other thing I love about following Jesus is he's changing us. He's making us more like him every day. And we see that in Romans 8, 28, 29. Again, I know you know this, but I think it's just good to remind ourselves what what is God always up to in in his children? So God, Romans 8, 28, 29 says, we know that God causes all things, including 
pandemic and a shutdown and all those hardships for good for those who love God, which is all of us, who are called according to his purpose, for whom he foreknew, he foreknew us before the, before the foundation of the world, he knew us. And he already planned that we would be, we're predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. Every day of our lives, God is making us more like Christ, forming the character of Christ in us, developing the fruit of the Spirit in us, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, making our lives and hearts places where God's love dwells. He's doing that every day of our lives. So we don't want to miss any day of our lives, and we don't want to wish any of our lives, uh, any days of our lives away, because God is always doing this, making us more like Christ. And you know, the more we become like Christ, the more we're going to know Christ. The more we be, become formed into his character, the more we're going to taste of the intimacy and fellowship of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that we're invited into as his children. Jesus himself said, this is eternal life, that they may know you, the Father, the true God, and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. This is why God created us. The Westminster Confession says, what is the chief end of man? To glorify God and to enjoy him forever. That's our destiny, to enjoy God forever. And the more we become like Christ, the more we're going to know Christ and taste of that fellowship and intimacy that we're invited into. Nobody can take that hope away from us. Um, and we celebrate that. And then just one more thing. Another thing we can set our hopes on, and there's lots if we you know, dig up the promises in God's word. But the other thing we're hoping for as followers of Christ is he's coming back. So we celebrated his first coming at Christmas, but we eagerly await his second coming. And that's what Paul writes in Philippians. For our, for our citizenship is in heaven, from which we eagerly await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. So when Christ comes again at the end of the age, we join him, we get resurrection bodies. Christ ushers in the new heavens and the new earth. He takes care of evil and sin. Can you imagine a world where there's no more evil and there's no more sin and everybody's brimming with the love of God? That's going to be an amazing place to live. And that's what we eagerly await as Christ followers. And it informs the way we live today. And we, we set our hopes on that. So, and there's, so I encourage you, you know, this year, dig up the promises of God. There's a lot of things in God's word that God tells us to hope for. And we want to be setting our hearts on those things. And hope is important in the life of a believer. God wants us to be people of hope. Paul mentioned faith, hope, and love. Love is the greatest, but hope is important too. And why is hope important in the life of a believer? Well, in Hebrews... There we go. It, um, the author writes, this hope is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. Who needed an anchor for their soul in 2020? I think we all did. Was your soul buffeted a little bit in 2020? Our souls were right and left, just like a boat gets buffeted in a storm. Our souls were buffeted, but hope anchors us in God and his kingdom and his love so that when the storms of life come, we don't, you know, an anchor keeps a boat in one place and keeps it from toppling over. And our hope keeps us grounded in what is most true about the nature of this life, God and his kingdom. Hope is good for us. 
We need to be a people of hope so we don't, get, we don't flounder through the storms of life. And the other reason hope is important is it's a tremendous witness to the Christ who lives within us. And that's what Paul writes in 1 Peter. Not, that's what Peter wrote in 1 Peter. So Peter writes, Sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you. Well, what are they going to ask you? To give an account for the hope that is in you, yet with gentleness and reverence. If we are living as a people of hope in God and His kingdom and His promises, people are going to notice that. They're going to notice, like, why aren't you as upset about all this stuff as everybody else is? And then you have an opportunity to share uh, the good news of Jesus Christ where, where you have set your hopes. So um, hope is evangelistic. And as we develop those hearts of hope, uh, the world's going to notice. And boy, doesn't the world need some hope right now? And we are the people most who can offer that hope through Jesus. So hope is important. And, um, but let's face it, it doesn't come easily. Don't we live in a hopeless time right now? You know, just when there's a piece of good news, like, oh, there's a vaccine. Then there's like, oh, all these people who don't want to take the vaccine and it doesn't look like they're getting the vaccine out quick enough. And then we hear about another variant of the COVID virus. And we're like, okay, when is this nightmare going to end? Just when you think things are getting better, there's something else that, you know, um, kind of disturbs, disturbs us. So I think there's a lot of hopelessness and a sense of desolation out there in the world. And, and as believers, we can get, sorry, this microphone's right there and I keep hitting it. We can get swept up in that, that tide of hopelessness. So as God's people, we want to fight for hope. We want to cultivate hope in our hearts. And so I just want to share some ways to do that. Um, one of those ways, I think, is we learn, I think we need to learn how to be a people that knows, that learns to wait better. Like, we're not good waiting for things. As Americans, we're so accustomed to, I want something, it's on my door in two days. I don't know something, I pull out my phone and Google, and I have instant answers. Like, we're just, we're, we're conditioned to expect everything instant. And that's kind of, that's not really the way God works with his people. If you will, if you read through the Psalms, you'll be amazed at how many times we're told to wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. Uh, be strong and let your heart take courage and wait for the Lord. And the interesting thing is, uh, spiritually speaking and, and biblically speaking, waiting for the Lord and hoping for the Lord, are, are, they're synonymous. They're really the same thing. And we see that in Lamentations 3, 24, 25. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I have hope in him. The Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the person who seeks him. Hoping in the Lord, waiting for the Lord. Biblically, they're the same thing. Now, this is not a waiting, meaning just letting, watching the clock go around, that kind of waiting. If hope is the anticipation and the expectation of the good things to come, then when we're waiting on the Lord, our expectation is in God and His goodness and His power to bring about the good things to come that we're hoping for and waiting for. And so I think we just, we need to ask God to show us how to be more patient and how to wait on Him a bit more. And I have a, just want to check my time. I have a personal story I want to share where God showed me 
how to wait uh, on him. So I, I've already shared some of my story that I was given up for adoption when I was born and adopted at five months. And I never really thought about it too much till I was in my mid-40s. And my sister, also adopted, found her birth mother. And she's like, oh, you know, let's, you should find your birth mother. And so I hired a private investigator and I found my birth mother. I wrote her a letter. She uh, denied that she was my birth mother. Um, and so then I went back to the private investigator. And I'm like, hey, what's going on? She says she's not my birth mother. And, and they say, we, we're professionals. We don't make mistakes. She's lying. We see that this happens all the time. So I didn't know what to do. Like, she's denying it. And the private investigator said, they're right. And I, obviously, you can imagine I was pretty upset about this. Like, I want the truth. And while I was in this angst of like, God, I want the truth, he led me to this verse. And I, I just love how the Holy Spirit gives us his word when we need it. So God said to me, he led me to this verse, guarding the paths of justice, he preserves the way of his godly ones. And God said to me, I'll take care of justice. I know you want justice right now. You want the answer, but you need to leave that with me. I'll take care of justice and I'll take care of you. And so he gave me a piece to just let it go. And obviously, this is something pretty important that I want to know. I want to know the answer. And But God said, I, I take justice as mine. Justice is mine. So fast forward. So that was in 2006. Fast forward 13 years. Christmas 2019, my sister, also adopted, gives me ancestry DNA for a Christmas present. She goes, oh, maybe you can find your birth father. I know it didn't work out with your mother, but maybe we'll find your birth father. And I was like, okay, maybe. Anyway, so I spit into this tube. I mail it in. Three months later, you get a list of these people that have DNA in common with you. And um, I, this, this man reaches out to me. He's got enough DNA to be my first cousin. He's like, oh, you know, um, I think my aunt is your birth mother. Well, that wasn't the woman that the private investigator had showed me 13 years ago. So, so confusing. I just spit in a tube. How can I trust this? And my sister's like, DNA doesn't lie. DNA doesn't lie. So I'm like, I don't know what to do with this. Then I hear from a, a woman who's got even more DNA in common. So she could be uh, like my half-sister. So I talked to her. But again, I just didn't trust spitting in a tube. I, just, I didn't know what to do. So... Um, then I get a letter from the New York State Adoption Registry that says, this, uh, you, have an, you have a biological half-sister. She's older than you. If you want her name, send in this form. Um, I send in the form, and the woman who's my biological half-sister was the woman who matched with Ancestry DNA. So the Lord had confirmed it to me through, through the DNA, through this official letter, and through this, my half-sister, who's already found her birth mother, um, I found my birth family, which is pretty amazing. You know, 14 years later, God was true to his word. He guarded the path. He took care of justice. Now, I could have waited till glory for the answer, but in God's goodness, he led me to my birth family uh, this year. And um, so that was a big lesson on letting go and, and waiting on God. And I'm, you know, obviously very grateful to the Lord um, to finally know who my birth family is, to finally have the truth after all these years, really grateful to God. But 
the, what I want you to get from that story too is sometimes these answers from God are not instantaneous. We have to wait years and we, years. But we, we put our hope on the goodness and the power of God for those things we're hoping for and waiting for. Um, what else? How else do we cultivate hope in our hearts? I think we have to recognize that we've got to remember that this is a world at war. That even though Jesus defeated Satan at the cross, he did not eliminate Satan and his kingdom at the cross. Satan and his kingdom are still alive in this world. And they're railing against the kingdom of God. And we of his church, have, we play a part in that battle. But there's still a battle going on for the souls of men and women. For all of us who follow Christ, Colossians 1.15 is true of us. He rescued us from the domain of darkness and he transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved son. We have all been rescued from the domain of darkness. But there are millions, probably billions, who still haven't been rescued. The war is still on for the souls of men and women. Obviously, as his church, we play a part in that. But when, if you are going through a, a feeling of hopelessness and desolation and fear seems to be filling you, you got to recognize maybe it's not coming from within you. Maybe it's coming from without. And that's the enemy trying to influence you. And our best um, weapon against him is prayer. We need to learn that sometimes it's not coming from within. It's coming from without. We need to pray against Satan and his, uh, and his kingdom of darkness. And we pray prayers like, you know, by the authority of Christ, I refuse this fear. I refuse this hopelessness. And... Uh, I bring my heart and life under the authority of the Lord Jesus and I invoke his love, his power, his glory into my heart, into my life, into my family, into this church. We learn to pray those spiritual warfare kind of prayers. Um, what else do we do to uh, cultivate hope? I think we do just what you're doing this morning. You came here this morning to gather with God's people, to praise the Lord, uh, fellowship with his people and hear his word. If anything, 2020 showed us isolation is not good for us. It's not good for anybody, believer or non-believer. We need one another to keep hope alive in our hearts. So be creative. It's hard to, to do it. It's harder to do it in a pandemic. But you fight to, to fellowship with God's people and be with God's people this year. What else do we do? Um, well, I think we also remember that even though we, we, there's things, ways we can cultivate hope, ultimately it's the Holy Spirit that produces hope in our hearts. So this is a wonderful verse to memorize, Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope, look, God defines himself as the God of hope, fill you with all joy and peace and believing that you may abound in hope by whose power? By the power of the Holy Spirit. It's the Holy Spirit that creates hope in us. Uh, there's some things we can do to cultivate hope, but ultimately, the Holy Spirit does it. But then you know what the amazing thing is? Even if we're pretty passive in cultivating hope, God is never passive in the lives of his children. God is actively at work to create hope in your heart. And we see that in Romans 5, 3 to 5. Paul writes, we can rejoice too when we run into problems and trials. That's not our normal response. It's not natural to rejoice when you hit problems and trials. But as God's people, we can do that. Well, why can we do that? 
for we know that they help develop endurance. Well, one of the wonderful things about 2020 is God developed endurance in all of us through the trials. And endurance develops strength of character. He's forming that character of Christ in us. And and with that character of Christ, our confident hope of salvation. God is cultivating hope in our hearts, whether we like it or not. When we're going through hard things, he's at work in the power of the Holy Spirit to create hope in our hearts. And hope does not disappoint, for we know how dearly God loves us because he's given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. So, you know, what a wonderful God. He's always at work in our lives for good to to make us a people of hope. And then finally, I think what we do as God's people is we learn to be a people of gratitude. We learn to um, be a people who are always giving thanks and cultivating that attitude in our hearts. Again, no matter what you went through in 2020, I'm sure you could give me a list of things that you're grateful for, that God did for you in 2020. And if you're having a hard time finding what to be grateful for, um, I heard someone say, well, just pull out your phone, look at your photos from the past month or the past year. And as you look at your photos, you're going to be moved to give thanks to God for for the ways he worked in your lives. And I just wanted to close with a... If you'll indulge me with another story, it's a short story, um, of how I learned to give thanks in a small moment of life. So I had just gone on a run, and it was getting dark, and I get into the house, and the first thing I hear is, touchdown, Seahawks! But it was a Monday, so I'm like, oh, I know what's going on here. My wife's in the kitchen, she's making dinner. On Monday, she loves to listen to her favorite sports commentators do a blow-by-blow of the day before of the Seahawks game. And in that moment, I smiled and I gave thanks because I said, God, thank you that the NFL is still playing this year and my wife can follow her beloved Seahawks. (laughs) And I said, God, thank you that I had COVID in November, but I had a mild case and I'm running again. And God, thank you that I come into a warm house about to enjoy a... A, war, a good meal with my wonderful wife. Like in the, Now, none of those things we set our hopes on. My wife would cringe if, she, if you thought she's setting her hopes on the Seahawks. So we don't set our hopes on those things, but those are little gifts from God that shows us he loves us and he knows us and he's with us. And as we practice thanksgiving for the small things, hope is going to well in our hearts for those eternal things. So let's be a people of gratitude this year. So my... My prayer for all of us is that we will cultivate hope uh, in our hearts. We'll be a people of hope, and we're going to offer that hope to a world who desperately needs some hope right now. So let me pray for us. God, you are described as the God of hope. I pray, Lord, you would fill us with all joy and peace in believing that we may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. And Lord, that people would see that hope in us and ask us, we would be able to share the good news of your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, as hard as the past year has been, every new year is a milestone to your faithfulness, that you are faithful, you have been faithful to each and every one of us, and you will continue to be faithful. Our hope is in you, Lord, in your power, in your love, in your, in your goodness that chase after us every day of our lives. 
So um, we thank you, and um, we thank you for a new year, Lord, in which to know you and which to make you known. And in Christ's name we pray. Amen.